Hello, friends. Today we are going to talk about management of... Uh, what are we going to talk about, Asa? Co-directal liver myths. Okay. Tell me more. Okay. So, as you know, Dania, in um, colorectal cancer, about approximately 60% of patients will end up with liver mets. Isn't that correct? Okay, we're not, we, let's agree that we, if you're sure, don't ask me okay. if it's correct or not. <laughs> you're recording. <laughs> you're still recording. Well, I am recording. <laughs> but we, are, we have to agree. This is our first post podcast. Second. Second, yeah. We have not uploaded the first just because I didn't know how to edit it. Anyways, so let's crack up with this one. Um, liver mets is a common issue with colorectal patients, unfortunately. So what do we know about its management? Okay, so say, for example, we have a patient who's in their mid-60s with a sigmoid tumour. And in the MDT, we're looking at the images and they have um, four liver mets in segments six, seven, and eight. Uh, so therefore, that's the right lobe of the liver, okay? Um, and one met in, for example, segment two. Um, okay, the way we would approach this is, uh, well, clearly this would be need discussion with the radiologist in the MDT to confirm that they are liver mets, isn't that correct? Uh, yeah, and um, we sometimes they would require an MRI scan, mm. I believe, or sometimes a triple phase CT to further characterise these lesions to make sure that they are liver mets. Um, okay, so what I would propose next is um, I would do a, P a, a PET CT. Isn't that correct, Dania? I think you you really need to set the scene. So the patient has been referred to you having had some chemotherapy for his metastatic cancer, or is that a first presentation? No, no, presentation? first presentation. First presentation. So you really need to stage your patient. Yes. So you stage locally, you stage the liver, and assess the operability, and then you stage the patient. Yes. And you might or might not want to get a PET CT, depending on how widespread his disease or her disease uh, Let's say it is. was a T2 N0 M1. So if it's a limited disease, you really need to make sure that you, you're, you're not underestimating how widespread the disease is. And yes, I agree, you would get a PET CT scan yes. prior to exactly. even thinking about operability. Because you need to know, is there any other distant disease, any oligomets and things like that. So, so oligometastatic colorectal cancer is becoming more of its own entity because you're, in general, you're more... Uh, we say aggressive in management. You tackle those oligomets if appropriate. Uh, so, okay, so you've done the staging and the patient has got limited stage of disease or oligometastatic yes, disease. Yes, with four liver mets, mostly in the right lobe. Okay, so what, what is the next step? Okay, so now uh, we need to consider, obviously, after considering this patient's fitness for surgery, let's say in this case he is fit for surgery, performance state is zero. Okay. Yeah. Um, so now we are faced with the um, issue of 
his liver mets and his primary sigmoid tumor. Okay. Yeah. So um, there are various options of what we can do here. Uh, we are trying to achieve an R0 resection. Um, and we, um, to do that, uh, there, we need a strategy to come up with to deal with this, um, with, with this presentation. So one option would be after discussion with the oncologist is neoadjuvant chemotherapy, um, prior to liver resection and or, um, colonic resection. Um, so Dania. Could you please fill us in on um, the chemo uh, for this patient we have? Is it Folifox or is it something else like cetuximab? I don't think there is evidence of giving cetuximab even if the patient is KRAS uh, wild type uh, in a neoadjuvant setting. But um, I haven't really checked the up-to-date guidelines uh, so I would give just Folfox okay. um, for three months and then restage the disease. Okay. So would you give um, would you give uh, Stuximab or Avastin? Um, yes, uh, that's that's a possibility. Yes, uh, I, I would possibly, but the main, most common is Folfox um, for this. So. Okay, um, and th there's another option of just going straight for surgery, but I think uh, if you've got four metastases, it's probably not a good idea. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I, I think we j you just need to stain whether or not you are going to add a uh, stuximab or pamatumumab. Okay. Uh, because you've showed me evidence from recent trials say that this is not uh, helpful. Yeah. Do you remember? Yes, okay. Um, just a second. Let's just pause the um, recording and just check that uh, to make sure that we're saying the right thing. And we're back. So we're just checking the um, recent trials on whether uh, whether the addition of cetuximab in KRAS wild type uh, would add any benefit. And in fact, it does not. So do you want to tell me what you've uh, got, Azam? Yes, apparently the EPOCH study showed no benefit to the addition of cetuximab um, in patients with uh, resectable liver mets. However, um, it should be considered in uh, patients with borderline operable metastatic disease with wild-type positive KRAS tumours. Yeah, I would agree. Also, can I just add that... Um, in the UK, we do not give uh, bevacizumab. It's not uh, nice approved. Um, we certainly don't do that in Manchester. Yes. So, so in so in going back to your hypothetical patients, if uh, they have operable liver mets and you want to give them neoadjuvant um, systemic therapy, your your systemic therapy of choice will be Folfox. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so um, are we recording? We are recording, and you've just banged your phone. That wasn't my phone; that was yours. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, 
So, liver, now we go on to the surgical aspects. Um, for um, a liver resection to be uh, considered, um, there has to be adequate criteria for future liver remnant. Isn't that correct, Daniel? So, for example, 25% uh, of normal liver is required as a future liver remnant following resection if the patient has a normal liver. If the patient has had chemo, that would go up to 30%. If the patient has liver fibrosis, that would go up to 40%. So this is a consideration. Um, also, um, some patients um, who um, may need uh, to have, um, uh, may need something else doing to improve their future liver remnant, uh, may be considered for portal vein embolization. So that is embolization of um, portal vein, right portal vein to allow the hy hypertrophy of the left uh, lobe of the liver so that it can grow um, in six weeks' time and then the liver resection can be considered um, after um, uh, carrying out CT volumetry to ensure that the future liver remnant is adequate for the resection. Mm. Um, so that's uh, something that could be considered. Portal vein embolization is a technique that's used to increase the functional residual volume of the liver. Um, the volume of segments uh, one to three, uh, so they're the remnant segments, may be too small uh, if their um, liver mets uh, side of the liver are resected. Therefore, um, this is, they, the patient would be at risk of liver failure following the operation. So the portal venous embolization is performed percutaneously and the right portal vein is occluded with coils. Uh, after six weeks, this would cause hypertrophy of liver segments one to three, and then the safe resection can be performed. Okay, I have a question. Yes. So obviously this is very um, unfamiliar to myself. Um, but if say if the patient has got um, has got meds in sec segment two, would would you still do this? No, it's normally just for the right lobe. Okay. Okay. Good. Makes sense. Yes. Right. So. Then we go on to, as I was saying, there is a technique called ALPS, but we don't need to go into too much into it. It's called associated liver partition and portal vein ligation for stage hepatectomy, where the portal, right portal vein is ligated. Uh, and then a week later, that would um, hopefully cause hypertrophy of the future liver remnant. And then the liver is resected, the, the, the area with, with METs. Uh, similar type of principle, except this is a surgical. Uh, it has been done mainly in the Royal London Hospital, um, but it has a, a high mortality and morbidity at the moment. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, so, um, so now we can consider. Um, say we have done carried out all our necessary tests and chemo. Um, which one do we do first? The sigmoid tumor or the liver tumour. Um, I don't think there is any particular guidelines about this. Uh, however, we have to consider a few things, um, such as um, is there... Um, how symptomatic is the sigmoid tumour? Is it causing obstruction or is it not? So... Um, or bleeding or, you know, symptomatic... 
Um, so that, if it is, then that would be considered as the first uh, operation. Mm. Um, and also, um, is there, are there any um, other considerations that we can consider? Such okay. as if it's, a, um, say, for example, uh, it's, a, it's a complex liver recession that's required. Um, maybe that not you know should not be done at the same time as a um, a complex colorectal resection. You have patient factors, um, as you said, like a um, symptomatic patient, and also sort of operation factors like complex complex surgery. Um, so you could. This is when we talk about staged operation. In theory. You could also do both in one stage. Yes, absolutely. So the options are liver first, colon first, or synchronous. Excellent. You don't want to do a synchronous operation if they're both complex uh, operations, um, especially if there's uh, a risk, for example, if it's a low tumor, although this, our example is a sigmoid tumor, so it's not too bad. But, uh, you know, there is a, a risk of, um, if you're doing a major hepatic resection with a major colonic resection there's always that risk of um, uh, an anastomotic leak which will be a disaster so um, so for, for, for this uh, reason uh, synchronous would not be a good idea which one you do first uh, that's debatable is this colonic tumor quite symptomatic if yes do that first if it's not so symptomatic maybe you can uh, do the liver resection first uh, and then six weeks later, do the colonic resection first. Um, also, you, um, yes, that, that, that's what that, that's what I would say. Uh, if there is a small, maybe one or two liver tumors, and it's not such a burden, uh, then you can just do the synchronous. Okay, sorry, then I cut you off there quite, quite uh, rudely. No, that's fine. I was just saying uh, that's excellent. What other options? do we have for liver myths? Okay, so, well, we have um, other options such as um, CERT, um, CyberKnife, uh, which I don't know too much about, uh, apart from the chemotherapy, um, th radiofrequency ablation, um, and, uh, yes, can you tell me a bit more about that, please? because I don't know anything about it as much. Well, I've heard of it, but I don't know too yeah, much. Yeah, I think, I think my uh, so my knowledge of this is is limited as well. It's uh, I radio frequency ablation is a interventional radiology procedure, while it's a radiation therapy or CERT, it's a stereotactic technique where you target those liver mets specifically. Um, so it's a, a it's not it, it's different from the intrahepatic. It's it's all it's an external radiotherapy technique, but also you've got a intrahepatic radiation therapy which we we don't do in Manchester. Yes, I, at least I don't think we do. Yes. Uh, so what other you said chemotherapy as well? Yes, you can have chemotherapy. Um, I'm not sure which agency you use, if it's just uh, non-operable. Uh. I suppose you just treat it as uh, metastatic, so Folfox plus uh, Stuximab or Penetumab if the patient is KRAS wild type. 
Yes, yes, fair enough. Um, and then there's uh, irreversible electroporation, uh, IRE, or nanoknife. Don't know too much about that. It involves passing electrophoresis through the liver mets uh, with an interventional radiologist and the surgeon at the same time in the theatre. Um, it's more used actually for um, pancreatic tumours, from what I understand. Um, and yes, um, that's all. That's all I have to say on the matter. It's a brief summary, but um, I hope that's helpful. <laughs>